Welcome to the 10 Again Podcast. My name is Alex B. Uh, thank you for listening. Two important things that you can chime in to the podcast. Uh, you can leave me a voicemail that I'll play on the uh, podcast in a future podcast or send me an email. The uh, voicemail, you can leave a message anytime listening to the podcast, 317-245-6396, um, or the email address, 10againpodcast at gmail.com. There's never, I don't think, enough open dialogue when it comes to race relations, problems with police, etc. When you see people on the news, the network, regardless of it is, ABC, Fox, NBC, there's really never that uncensored, honest dialogue without having to go to a commercial break or without somebody reading off a teleprompter. So I thought to myself, who better to have on my co- my podcast uh, than Amp Harris? And I don't want to give away how old we are, but I think uh, we started, uh, I think we met each other in 1998. So I would say, uh, Amp, I would say what, the better part of 20 years? Yeah. Amp is yeah. big in the community. Look him up. He's done, how much charity stuff do you do a year? Because you do a lot of things for kids. You've done a lot of the... You've done basketball charity tournaments. You do stuff around Thanksgiving and Christmas. How many charity events do you do a year yourself? Uh, first of all, thanks for having me, man. It I has been it. a long time. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, people don't know our background and, you know, what's, but you're still in it mm-hmm. from what you started. I didn't segue to like nine different things. I don't know what <laughs> I want to be when I grow up, Alex. Yep. Uh, yep. But, you know, I am thankful to still be here and, uh, I don't take anything that I do for granted. Um, but, uh, you know, to your question, man, I don't really know because a lot of stuff that I do, I kind of do it just for my heart. So I don't really have. Sorry, I'm closing my window. Cause the birds like I said, agenda or anything, if there's something that strikes you that you want to get involved with, it just happens. You don't have like a set agenda that says, OK, in October, we're going to do this. And December, we're going to do this. It's basically what strikes you at, at the time. So pretty much. I mean, you know, when I. Um, when I'm doing events, um, it's just literally from my spirit and from my heart, man, I'll, I'll see something, um, and, and I, it just hits me. And then my, I'm not a structured person, so, um, it's really driven from a good place when I decide to do things. So I don't really have a a count or an annual schedule of doing, you know, events for charity. I mean, you know, I do things, man, that I don't even really talk about to a lot of people. Yeah, a lot of, uh, a lot of silent you know, stuff, lot. which is good. Because you know yeah, everybody. Like, I mean, you know everybody because people can look at your, any of your social media, you know, Mike Gibbs, all these Colts players, these Pacer players. So you have a lot of people that you could partner up with if you want to do something, do some giving back stuff. you got all these people that, that you're cool with, which is a huge network of people. Yeah. And I mean, a lot of times, um, probably 90% of the times, um, these things that you're talking about are events that I put together and I understand how the, the mind works. And, we, you know, we live in a society where we're driven by images. And so, you know, you, you hope that people focus on the issue at hand but a lot of people man they look at the topics so you know i do know a lot of people uh in 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 the entertainment business in the sporting world i know just as many people in the streets and i don't really deviate from one or the other it just depends on what i am doing right and you know from my celebrity friends it's more based on i like to especially in the black community give young black men and women 
opportunities to see success from what they deem success is. And it's not just any athlete or entertainer. It's typically people that I kind of am aligned with in the thought process. So, um, you know, I put a lot of things together and then I go to them because of various reasons of, of, of how they can be utilized for what we're doing. That is, that is huge. So I thought about this when everything started going on in, in the city with George Floyd and everything else. And I said, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to put amp on the phone because we're probably right around the same age, African-American, you, you've been in the community, you know, what's going on. So this isn't going to be one of those things where, you know, you're on a network and, and they're going to be sanitized because if I'm wrong at anything I say during this, you say, bro, you're wrong. And then if, if I've got a question, because I think, at least having some dialogue on this, it, it, it's it's got to come something else. So I'm going to pick a random out of the things I want to talk about. And, and you talk about racism, which I do believe exists. And I'm going to go back to a story. And I don't know if you remember this or not. I want to say it was, I don't know if it was classic or if it was expo. You were doing an event in World Mardi Gras. We were getting ready for the doors to open. Uh, the production manager, not Ed, who were named Nameless, um, kind of just flips the lights on, kind of just turns the PA on. And it, it was lame. And I remember you coming up to me going, like, can you do something with these lights and the sound? And I said, yeah, you know, I'll get a hold of, you know, da-da-da-da-da. And right. you, you said something like, I just want what everybody else gets. And right then and there, I didn't think about it, but I, I it, when it popped back in my head, this guy was like basically showing, oh, man, I don't want to do this event. It's a blight. And he was showing that through his actions or lack thereof of what this event is. So what... I mean, obviously, there's not white people that are just walking up to black folks saying, hey, you know, I don't like black folks. What kind of stuff do you experience? How can we as white folks change the dialogue and know that what we're doing is like completely wrong so we can get on a better track? Um, you know, it's it's not something that can be changed overnight, you know, because I am a firm believer that in order for you to know your destiny, you have to know your history. And there are a lot of white people terrified to really know their history. they Because then you have to look yourself in the mirror and take responsibility. And one of my uh, sticks, if I may, that I'm, I'm, I'm focusing in on and I use as a hashtag is make that change. And that, that derived from one day just riding in the car listening to Michael Jackson, Man in the Mirror. Mm-hmm and you listen to the lyrics of that song and it's about accountability and so with white people the thing for me and i've always been like this i don't get caught up into black versus white yes i am pro-black just like when people say black lives matters that doesn't mean that all lives don't matter that just means black lives matter as the same as your dog's life matters Absolutely. If someone was to kill your dog, step on your dog, hit your dog, do whatever to a white person's dog, they value their dog more than they do a black person's life. And they died the same way, unjust. And so if you are willing to be, as a white person, comfortable being uncomfortable, at that point, change can start. But if you're not willing to be comfortable being uncomfortable and you're comfortable within the confines of the people that you sit and you listen to make racial comments and you laugh, 
then you're part of the problem. Yeah, and people need to, to step up and say, hey, man, I don't think that's funny, or, or just like, hey, man, that's like really messed up. But I think that's what it is because, you know, people follow other people. Okay, that's cool and that's funny, but, you know, we, we've obviously got a big a bigger problem on our hands because even though people don't come out and say it, I think people's actions, what, are, what do you think are the actions that you've experienced or people that you know have experienced where you, you've went in either to a venue or you've been at an event, and you could just tell, man, these people are not, they're not comfortable being uncomfortable. Um, that, that's walking down the street while black. Wow. Um, that's, you know, pulling up in the parking lot at a grocery store while black. That's walking through a grocery store while black. That's sleeping in your car while black. That's jogging down the street while black. And I mean, I can keep going on oh, wow. and on and on. And this is the part where history plays a major game in the psyche of people. You know, even when you think that someone is supposed to look at you equally, i.e. the police department, the psyche has gotten deeply rooted from what has become their norm. And their norm is through images, if you remember I said this earlier, I just saw another cop kill somebody and they got away with it. And the irony in all of this, it's, you know, think about this. Um, people are so out of touch with history. You, you know, for me, the irony is really thick um, and I, it, it's hard to get through it. Now, you're imagine you're a white you're a white person, Al, and I've been knowing you for years, and you've always been just a really even when we first hit it off and started doing a black event in a predominantly white club mm -hmm. downtown Indianapolis. Now imagine this: imagine walking around every day and wearing a color that gets you attacked, that gets you judged, and where you cannot engage and enjoy due process. This is what black people deal with every single day in this country at the hands of the people that are supposed to protect us, the police. Now, here's the difference between the police and black people. The police wear their color is blue. They get to choose to wear blue. They can wear brown. They can wear gray. We, as black people, we don't get to choose. We can't take this color off. So therefore, we're going to forever be attacked. No matter, even indirectly, I go jogging at Eagle Creek Park, beautiful park. I see white people who really engage. And I'm a pretty, you've known me for a long time. 20 years. I would think that I am a pretty mild non-confrontational, non-threatening. I like to smile. I like eye contact. So I like to engage with people and smile. Hey, how you doing? I can tell the ones who go out their way not to look at me nor smile at me versus the ones who go out their way to do the opposite. So do you think that they're scared or you think that they just genuinely don't like people, people of color? I don't think it's either. I think it's a mindset. You know, if you've been told all your life that you are better, because when you think of how life is, when it's sunny and daylight, it's the best time of the day. 
when it's dark, it's the scariest time of the day. Yeah. <laughs> That's how people think of black versus white. And they, they are, the crazy part is there ain't much difference between us. No. It's just what you've been taught and what you believe to be real. Because right now, white people have a privilege because there are older white people who are continuously perpetuating the lifestyle that your child is better because only the color of their skin. That's it. Because our president for the United States for the previous eight years was a black man, one of the most decorated, educated black men in presidential history. That wasn't enough. You know, so yeah. it's 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 what when is enough enough? So the only thing you can think of is when you are an oppressor or when you think psychologically you are better than the next person. This happens in white culture, too, because if you grew up in a trailer park and if there is a college graduate that lived next door to you, he thinks you're less than him or, he, or her just because he graduated from college and you didn't. Yeah, that's true. So we we are that, you know, racism is right up there with the rest of them classism sexism <laughs> all the isms there's not one good thing coming out of them so i think we have a, a a problem a major problem now because race and privilege are being looked at as separate but they're actually equal because I am, as a black man, I don't want the same things to happen to me as you do as a black, as a white man. Mm -hmm. So you think I really want someone to break in my house? Do you really think I want someone to look at me funny? And, 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 and if I looked at all white guys? Nah, because black people wasn't raised that way. Now, imagine in history, again, to know your destiny, you got to know your history. We look back over time and we really studied and we really owned facts versus what you want your facts to be. And how did white people get to America? How did black people get to America? Who built America? So that's so much history that people are terrified of seeing because at the end of the day, the oppressors, the bullies always are threatened when we come together as one and rise. So the, the racist, Alex, don't want us to come together. That's why you hear so much division and you try to create it based on skin color. Because the only thing that a person can make you feel you're more superior over a person of color is your race. Because you're not. We graduate from the same college as you do. We live in the same neighborhood as you do. The only difference is you, and I'm not talking about you, right. but white people have a fear of not being in charge. So is it the problem is our black skin or is it the white person's psyche? I'll leave that one up for you yeah. to decide. I mean, no, no, that's a, very, that's a very good point. That is very valid. And I just think... And I was reading something, and I forgot the name of the bar or whatever, but there was, uh, and maybe you posted it or somebody posted it, that um, they were known to start, uh, they were treating people of color bad or whatever. Um, 
uh, what if you said the name of the place, I'd know it. But it, it's interesting because how does that happen? Like in in a in a in a in a bar restaurant type, is it, are people aren't getting waited on, or are they just you know they're they're treated bad? Like what? There's got to be some way to change that dialogue or, or have places to have accountability on how they treat people when they come in to spend. Like you said, you're all spending the same money. The money's all green the same. Yeah, well, see, this is, but then again, here we go again, classism. When you think about what matters at the end of the day, we're, no one, we all, let me rephrase that. We all are conservative in our own way. This has nothing to do with politics. This this is this is zero about politics. This is literally about a mindset. Because at the end of the day, again, you go to the richest neighborhoods. Black people live there. People of color live there. True. Excuse me. You go to the highest institutions. People of color are graduating from those same institutions. Now, you still have places and you still have a mindset where a white person will give the nod the edge to the white person because they're scared, still scared and terrified of a black person having equality that's not politics that is a mindset yeah, that's a mindset for sure right so when you think about restaurants and when you're talking about um, the restaurant in Broadwood, when they have one downtown, I know exactly what you're talking about, yep. and I did talk about it. Um, when you think about that particular restaurant, that's a mindset that starts from the top. So the owner of that restaurant creates that. It's being done at the highest level of the president of the United States. Yeah. This is a this is a situation where. If I can convince you that you could lose something to somebody that you appear or in your mind think is less than you, that is enough for you to forget that you are a human being. And this is the United States of America where we're all treated equally. We're all treated under one nation until you feel like you're going to lose something. So the one thing that we struggle with, Al, is we live in a society where it doesn't affect me until it affects me. This rang so loud in my ear starting in 2016 because cheat, didn't cheat, which they cheated, but it's okay. He's the president of the United States of America. Your job is not to... It's the united. Look up the definition of united. It is not one class, one race is better than the next. Yeah, it's not a dictatorship for sure. <laughs> well, I wouldn't say that. Yeah, well, the yeah, there's some things that, that we're living been, in right now. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely because, been lopsided. Yes. So these very same lopsided racist people will spend all of their money, their kids, are going to hip hop concerts in droves. Their kids are buying Michael Jordan shoes and LeBron James shoes and idolizing everything that is black except being black. Think about that for yeah. a minute. They idolize everything. You are white, you're a white dude who plays great music. 
you don't look at a Naughty by Nature album cover and compare it to a New Kids on That Block album cover and say, I'm going to play New Kids on the Block because they're white. No. You say this hip hop array, you down with OPP is a unifier. How can I get black and white people on the dance floor together? You play good music. Yeah. And that's and I've done that too because I used to get into um I used to get in debates with clubs where you know you can't you know Little Wayne that stuff's garbage. I'm like you have to understand if somebody wins a Grammy, okay, a Grammy which is the highest award you could get in music, they're legit. You know what I mean? You can't you can't deny that. You can't deny whether you ought to like him because he's this and that whatever. I go have you ever seen Little Wayne on ESPN? He's quite intelligent. He's quite intelligent. I mean, he, he's a smart guy. There's a persona you see on stage in the albums, and then there's the there's the business side of it. And I said, when somebody wins a Grammy, you got to kind of pay attention. I mean, you should like me. If it's a good music, it's got a good beat. I don't care who it is. But then when you go, when they go as far as winning a Grammy, I'm like, you can't deny the force of this particular artist if they've won a Grammy. For God's sakes. Sure, you can deny them, Alex. This is the mindset. You, they don't want to hear logic. This is the point that I'm making in everything that I'm saying. Yeah, Logic doesn't apply when your mindset is that person is this. So when you think of Lil Wayne and you can find a radical reason. I don't like his dreads. I don't like the way he looks. Da, 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 da. That's racism. Racism is not about a skin color to me. Racism is about a mentality an attitude that's racism because if you can justify a i'll use this group as an example a, a kiss mm -hmm. and say that their music is any different than little wayne's the genre of the music is different but if you're saying that little wayne creates a certain kind of of attitude I, as a black person, I would say the same thing about Kiss. Yeah. I would say the same thing about Guns N' Roses. I would say the same thing about Limb Biscuit. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> no, you're right. <laughs> so if you, you know, it's one thing to say, Alex, Lil Wayne's music doesn't fit our base. I'm with that because I'm a promoter. Right. And there are some, there's some, uh, I do clubs and there are some black people I don't want to come in. Right. But if they adhere to what my rules are, and it's not a prejudice rule, then by all means. So here is the problem with Kilroy's. I might as well say the name. Here's the problem with Kilroy's restaurant. Kilroy's restaurant, and I know this to be a fact because the same owner prior, previously that owned Kilroy's also owned nightclub. He referred to me as them, the other. That's no, that's 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 wrong right from the jump, right from the start. That dialogue is, but is he doesn't, BS. nobody, no, 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 he doesn't, he hasn't told me this. He told it to another white person that he didn't realize the other white person likes black people. <laughs> wow. So when you think that they're all the same, and this is what I tell some of my black friends all white people aren't bad, just like all cops aren't bad. But here's the difference between us and white people, black people versus white people. Black lives are bad. And that is not what black people are saying at all. No. But if you want to change the narrative to black lives matters, here is my question to a white person who thinks that. When is the last time you've seen a white person 
killed in the street for eight minutes and 46 seconds by a black person. And that black person didn't go to jail. I'm talking about a cop. Yeah, Let's I go to the remember. same. I can't recall, to be honest. But I'm, I'm going to give you some yeah. real hard facts. Let's go to the same state. Let's go to Minnesota. There was a black man who killed a white woman. He was a cop. Within a year, he was crucified, basically, in jail for murder. Go look at the records of white cops in Minnesota that have killed black people publicly. And for some strange reason, that fraternal order of police figured out a way to convict the black cop with no prejudice but found a way, countless ways, to not convict a white cop. So this is why Black Lives Matters, even within the same police department, that we as Black people are fighting to get laws changed, to change the way that they are looked at. This so-called qualified immunity, if you don't know what it is, pull it up. It is a law that basically says the police can do as they fucking please. If you are a black person, you can be killed for jogging. If you are a black person, you can be killed as a little 12 year old for having a toy gun. If you are a black person, you can be killed for selling loose lip cigarettes. If you are a black person, you can be at home in your bed, killed, shot, if you are a black person and I can keep you can be sitting on a street corner for a $20 fake bill and you can comply. You can sit on the ground. You can have the handcuffs on you. You can get up. You can walk. You do everything that they freaking tell you to do and you still get choked on camera with your hand in your pocket like you are sitting smoking a cigarette on a lunch break for 10 minutes and out of that 10 minutes you took 8 minutes and 46 seconds of it to sit on a man's neck so you tell me all lives matter that's so that that's the struggle that is very powerful to think about right there uh this is part 1 of my conversation with Amparis we will continue with part 2 uh tomorrow we'll try to get it up there by 8 a.m. Uh, you can share the podcast or find previous podcast at thealexb.com. Um, have yourselves a good Tuesday. We'll talk tomorrow morning at 8 a.m.